your shit together with me, Caitlin Orion, the podcast that celebrates not having your shit together. On today's episode, we have Jason Patel. Jason is a rising artist who is set to star in a breakout role alongside Ben Hardy in the upcoming feature film Unicorns, which had its world premiere at Toronto International Film Festival in 2023. The film will also be premiering in March at both the Manchester Film Festival and BFI Flair Film Festival. As well as acting, Jason is also a singer and a musician and has been featured as Artist of the Week by BBC Introducing and Asian Network. Both Jason's queer and South Asian identity Entities inform his art and he looks to create a platform that empowers himself as well as others. His latest single, Choclified, is available to listen to now and will soon be followed by his debut EP, Delicious. This was such a gorgeous conversation. Jason is a literal ray of sunshine and is a testament to how hard work, talent and being a delightful human being can help you to achieve your dreams. He's about to blow up and I'm so glad that I got the chance to chat to him at the start of his journey. I have no doubt you are gonna absolutely fall in love with him. Here's Jason. It's so nice to see that everyone is kind of coming up together from where we all came yeah. from too. Yeah. And it's, I always say like, you must feel this way. You, It's not a solo journey. Yeah. Even if you are a solo person in mm. that light, you always have to recognize that I didn't do this on my own. This is a group effort. And the people that are around you or that you've passed by in life, like you owe it to them Mm -hmm. to kind of like uplift them and support each other because that's how we all become better better as people, yeah? yeah? Yeah. And you want to wish everyone the best. Like You don't want to be around someone that's going to be like, oh yeah, you did this job, ha ha. Oh, I wish I was doing that. Like, no, like find your own, like be supportive and I'll be so happy and I'll try and help you as much Mm -hmm. as I can and I'll celebrate you too. It's just, you know. I think we're so lucky with like the community that we came from. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but like, are you from Oldham? So I'm, so I'm from Ashton, which is literally just yeah, like the close. town next. So it was basically say Oldham. Similar vibes, isn't yeah. it? Like working class town where mm. it's, it feels a bit hard to get out of. Yeah. And yet like Fit Workshop where we went just made it feel like it was achievable. And like you, yeah. you saw people in your cohort going off and doing it and it just felt like we could do it for like the first time, I think. It's like a place where you're around like-minded individuals, but even mm. from a young age, I feel like people not necessarily took it, it's not about taking it seriously, but just were genuinely there to kind of become the best versions of themselves. Yeah. 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 And I think we were like treated like adults from a young age. Yeah. We were like, very respected. Yeah. And even calling like, like Craig and Sarah, yeah. like by their first name, it's like, wow. Yeah. We're yeah, on the same we're level, all equals. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so hey Jason hi welcome to the podcast (laughs) so nice having you here um yeah so on a scale of shit to together how are you feeling today oh my god um straight in straight in like a seven a seven yeah tell me more do you mean seven on the sense of like you haven't got your shit together or you have got your shit together so a scale of shit to together so i guess whichever way you yeah i actually would say seven yeah yeah so like on the together side of things yes because Go I've on. packed my cases. And that is a huge thing. That is a huge thing. Yeah. I packed my suitcases three days before I fly out. And I feel like that is such an achievement. That is adulting. Isn't it? Yeah. And I was like, I need to make sure I've got everything. Printed out everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorted. My, I was like, Esther. my passport. Your Esther, yeah, Esther. Yeah. yeah, electronic travel thing. All of these things mm-hmm. that you're like, I need to do because I'm going to do it without my parents. La, 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 la. <laughs> Even though my dad was there, I was like, I need to make sure I booked all my flights. Like, you know, yeah. you're like, okay, 
good. I'm an organizational mm-hmm. queen, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, king, whatever you yeah, want to yeah. be. And so in that way, I'm like, okay, right, that's done. That is very Check. impressive. Because I like I like lists. Do you do that? I, I like lists I like and list. I tick them off and I'm like, okay, let's get it down to zero. Also, yesterday, I did my taxes. For, for next year? For this year? No, for the for 22, 23. Okay, but that was that is the one that is due in January. Yes. That is organisation. Normally, I do it like... I do it on the day of the deadline. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, I was never that person in school. I was like, I need to get this done now. Oh Otherwise, it's going to stress me out. I need that energy. I'm so impressed. Are you? Yeah. I've, I've done it really late this year for me. Normally, yeah. I'm like, it's April. I need to do it. Otherwise, I'm going to freak out. No, I'm Then I'm it gives December. you longer to pay it back. <laughs> yeah, fair. Fair enough. Um, but even like when you're talking about packing, I'm an on-the-day packer. Oh, no. Because what if you've not washed the clothes that you wanted to bring? Then... Well, I tend to have washed things. I'll have done a wash, but like, yeah, I, I do pack on the day. Because otherwise I've been living out of a suitcase for three days. That's true. Mm. I've packed everything and now I'm just washing the same clothes. Just every waiting two, in like, the same clothes. Yeah, washing yeah. them every day. Oh my God. So tell us where, where you're packing to go, babe. So I'm going to... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to Toronto International <gasps> Film Festival. Ding, ding, ding. Which is so exciting. so exciting. There's the UK premiere, not the Uk, the world premiere <laughs> of Unicorns, which UK is <laughs> okay, I've not got my shit together. Yeah. I'm not a seven, I'm a two. <laughs> um, so it's the world premiere of Unicorns, which is a British independent film that I'm the co-lead in alongside Amazing. Ben Hardy, directed by Sally L. Hosseini and James Krishna Floyd from a script that he wrote. That is so amazing. Thank you. Yeah. And this is your first film. Yeah. It's my yeah. like big on screen debut. Wow. And it is a big debut as well. It's like main part. Main part. Energy. Yeah. Like yeah. main character energy. Mm. But I always had this thing where I was like, I'm glad that this is my like entrance into the world. Honestly, I don't think you could have got a part that is more like catered. I mean, you were just talking about it before, how yeah. catered it is to you. Yeah. But in terms of like representing every aspect of you, it's like Yeah, and all these different identities and like communities that I mm. do come from as well. It was it was interesting because initially when I got the role, even prior to that, there was things like the characters not from from the north or the characters not like a singer or anything like that. Mm. But because I had these skills and I told them like I have these like skills yeah. in my armor because when you're a person of colour, like my dad raised me to work twice as hard and mm. like do everything that I could possibly do. He never forced me to do anything, but I was just so passionate about yeah. it that they were like, We're gonna push you to do we're gonna we're gonna help you achieve these yeah. things that you wanna achieve and so that I could do the things that I wanted to do because I guess I know this I'm going on a t- off on a tangent but my like my family like my parents and like their parents mm. you know they're all like immigrants from India so they never had that um that like opportunity yeah, to be creative to yeah exactly yeah. and so like they sacrificed so many things so that I could kind of do what I wanted to do and see my parents work like seven days yeah. a week and uh, like putting me through things like Odom Theatre Workshop mm-hmm. or like singing lessons or like having a piano um what I'm like so grateful for because that shows like my, my parents are like not materialistic people they're mm-hmm. not like super emotional in that sense but I know like this is their way of showing love that, yeah. that it's a day in day out thing yeah. you know it's not about like yeah. the presence and stuff like that because I don't really care about those mm-hmm. things either but they've equipped you for life haven't they yeah yeah which I'm really grateful for and I've just had this like business like mind of being like 
I don't want to say a star or anything, or, but just being successful in what you I wanted to do. Believing in yourself as well. And yeah. Like putting yourself into situations that other people might not do because they're a bit too nervous to. Yeah. But like, it's proof that it can work out if you do just be bold and like. Yeah. Yeah. And work give hard. it your all. Yeah. yeah. And work hard. Yeah. And it feels like it's annoying because do you ever feel that? I guess it's kind of tainted saying like you've got to work hard and mm. get up off your ass and work because people that come from a place of privilege have used that statement. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, actually someone that is from like a working class background and has achieved these things. Well, but it implies of, that they're not, like working class people aren't working hard enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. When actually all you do is graft your whole life yeah, and yeah, work yeah. seven days a week to have like this like tiny sliver of like yeah. whatever you actually like care about so much. Yeah. Like the bare minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> so tell us a bit about how, because you are a singer as well. Yeah. And beautiful. I was listening to Chocolified on the way here. Thank it you. Absolutely bangs. What so, a great name for a song it's too. It's so good. I can't believe it's not been taken before. Um. So tell, tell me about your journey. Because the last time that we saw each other was at London Thirds Workshop. We were just trying to remember what show it was. I know. I can't remember. But, Maybe it was like one of the workshops or something yeah, that we did. But or... we were young. We were about 17, 18. Yeah. Yeah. And then we both went off to our various places. Mm-hmm. Were you doing music then? Yeah, I was doing music then, but I was still a bit, like, shy about it, I guess. Um, But I, like, played the piano and saxophone and Mm -hmm. I sung. And I guess it was really, like, Manchester is always about, like, the band scene. Yeah. So in that respect, I was never able to, like, get in the music scene there because that wasn't necessarily where my music was placed. Yeah, Yeah, I remember I had a friend who, who, like, was hip-hop and rap and... um, he said the same thing. It was like BBC introducing and stuff like that. They can't, I think there's this expectation that Manchester's indie music and yeah. it's, or from like the 90s, it's going to be like Manchester. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's hard to be seen. It's got that, um, like that's what it's known for. Yeah. So that's all they kind the of like celebrate. Well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess when I came to London and I was at drama school and then I was like, okay, I've got these, I didn't come here to just be an actor. Let me mm. utilize everything I've got. And so like when I was on my course, I, they knew. So like we did loads of like musicals and we did musical theater classes and mm. we did shows that had music. And so I was had the opportunity to actually like MD a show and oh. like write for a show and things like that. So that was really cool because they celebrated that. Yeah. Um, and that really set, set me in a really good place someone who was two years above me when they were in third year and I was in first she's called Shea Universe she's a really big uh, big UK R&B artist now oh, and so successful yeah. like her work is phenomenal and I feel like watching her journey really inspired me and even when I graduated I was working in shows and music sorry shows and doing lot, mainly mm. acting work yeah, yeah. and a part of me was like I don't own this and for me to feel, feel fulfilled yeah I need to do, I need to do this. Create. Yeah, create yeah. and actually make this a career because I didn't know like what that journey is. No one's going to, no one's going to find you on the street singing and then give you a million pound if you don't invest anything yeah. into yourself. So that's when I started like saving all the paychecks and going to the studio and actually just finding my sound and working with people and going to these open mics and mm. singing at all these little jam sessions and just built up. And it took a lot of time. Like you see my music that's still on like the streaming platforms from 2019 that I've released that you actually see how much I've grown. The progression. Yeah. Yeah. And when I released One Last Dance last year, that was when I made that song, something kind of clicked in me and I was like, I need to make a music video for this because this was Mm. amazing. And it kind of came out of a lockdown when I was like, okay, like the second one. And I was like in this like box room in London and I was just like, 
in the darkness in winter and I was like oh, <laughs> let me just write and like get everything out there and I just learned yeah. so much like by myself because I was like okay I'm gonna make it here yeah, yeah, yeah and then I ended up like collaborating with a lot of producers and in that sense I think I was so grateful for lockdown because it helped me find all these different creatives mm. that actually became my friends and became my community and these like long time um like relationships that I know I'll be working with these people in 50 years, yeah. you know. And it's so amazing because like from from what I've seen of you from the time that we've not seen each other in person, like I, the music that you're creating feels like something that hasn't really been created before. Yeah, it's like a niche pocket. I feel like being like a gay person in R&B is a niche in itself but mm. also like the music is like relatable to everyone but also this is like one of the things I'm like I don't yeah my music is all about in the fields or whatever but I actually want it to like empower people and yeah. make people feel like sexy and like be in the bath and like if you want to touch yourself do it if you want to fall asleep Hell do it yeah. like whatever you want to do with it that's absolutely mm-hmm. fine but I'm not it's very unapologetic yeah. and it's like chilled and steamy and I want people to just like actually relax because all we do in life is stress <laughs> <laughs> And it's fun. Like, I just stopped caring. You know yeah. what it is? I feel like everything clicked in place for me when I stopped caring about what people thought about me. Wow. And I was just going to do me. I And everything just absolutely really? blossomed. Yeah, I was like, when, I don't when care. When was that? That was about two, three years ago. Mm. And I was like, actually, I don't care what people think about That's me. Amazing. You can like me, you can hate me. I don't need your validation because who are you to judge and yeah. who am I to judge? I love let's that. just be ourselves and let's be nice to each other. And even if someone doesn't like me, I'm nice to them because it doesn't make any life difference short. to your life. Yeah, yeah, life is short. Like you can't yeah. dwell on those things. Yeah, Amazing. Um, okay, well, what then does having your shit together mean to you? It just means about being honest with yourself, I mm-hmm. think. Because do you ever feel like, oh, I've got to be like this particular way and I've got to have it done because this means a lot. And you build this like fake pressure on yourself like before something happens. And actually I'm like, okay, this has happened. What are we going to do about it? Yeah. You know, it's like, for example, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this, but I'll say <laughs> it. So two years ago before lo- in during like yeah. the winter lockdown was happening, I was in a car crash and I was the passenger actually a week before that actually a Mm -hmm. week before that I was attacked in broad daylight on 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 Caltonian road and no one helped me and it was because like I went to get a covid test because my housemate had covid so I had to go get a test and come back and I was like fully messed up then this person thought I winked at him in the cafe when I was actually just squinting to find like what food is available to bring back to these two people that are like you know in house arrest and this man was like and I had my headphones in this man was like oi oi and I was like to myself I was like Oh, it's not after me. I've got my headphones in. And then someone, this guy yanks me, this like four foot man with no hair and one teeth and shoves me against a van and starts hitting me. And I'm like, what is going on? Oh my gosh. Luckily in my bag, there was a sack of potatoes and he pulled me to the ground. So I ended up, I was like, I was like, help me, help me. Like it was busy. The road was busy. No one helped me. No one was going to come near me. So I literally got up. I was like, you've got the wrong person. He was like, why are you winking at me? And I was like, I have sunglasses on, like, yeah, what? how yeah. can I wink at you? So I got this, I got my bag that had a sack of potatoes in from Sainsbury's and I hit him. I ran into a chicken shop, ordered a chicken burger meal as my hand was pressed against the door and called the police. Oh my God. Yeah. That's crazy. It was so crazy. And then I went home and then I was in a car crash a week later because I was Jesus. like, I need to go home. Yeah. Ended up being, a, I was a passenger in the car crash because it was raining so much and yeah, it was on yeah, this yeah. motorway and then the car slipped in the water and on like the rain. Yeah. 
and it turned loads and crashed in, like hood first. My friend came out without a scratch. I was literally whiplashed on one side oh and there's God. glass like everywhere. And this was like four days before Christmas. And I was like, what is my life? Yeah. I don't. And then I guess in that four days of like being, just being like super depressed and super low, I was like, you know what? Like, F it, like, yeah. th- fuck this. Like, all this shit that's happening, I'm just going to go with it because I don't need to dwell on this stuff. And I'm going to be honest about all the stuff that happens with myself and start listening to my body and, like, listening to what it needs and what I need. And if that means, like, you need to stop doing these things or do these things, then cool. Or if you need to be, like, you know, when everyone's like, oh, let's go out, let's do this, let's do that. I'm like, no, I need to do this. Yeah, staying in your own lane and kind of, like, yeah. And I guess, like, kind of just, like, having that balance. I think that's what having your shit together Mm. is about. It's just, like, having a balance with yourself and just being, like, you know what? You can lie to whoever you want, but just don't lie to yourself. Wow. God, I can't believe that happened to you. I know. That's that's insane. I mean, the potatoes made it funny, but it was very not funny. (laughs) It is. I laugh about it, too. (laughs) Because I remember when the ambulance and all these nurses that stopped from, like, Withingshaw Hospital and they came over and they're like, what's happened? I was like where's my Fendi bag you need to get it and someone needs to fix my face because this is my money maker <laughs> and they were laughing and I oh was in the God. car I, I was in this ambulance and they were driving back and it was so crazy because the nurses like came to my my parents house the next day and like brought flowers and like is oh, he okay because I actually just had a really good conversation oh. I was like guys like, of course this was gonna happen to me la 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 and they were oh like you was just so great about oh, it like I did the best of a bad situation. Yeah. What kind of potatoes were they? They were just like normal potatoes because I wanted to make chips. Oh, thanks. And jacket potatoes. You know, jacket potatoes are like cheese and beans, yeah. like in the winter. When you said it was Sainsbury's, I was kind of disappointed because I was going to make a joke if it was Tesco's about every little helps. But oh, I know. <laughs> I don't know what the Sainsbury's quote is. What is that? I don't know. Why is it? Sainsbury's needs to get its branded. Is it not just nectar points? <laughs> get your nectar <laughs> points. <laughs> <laughs> Before the podcast, I feel like this podcast is going to go everywhere and I'm, I'm living for it. Um, okay, I asked you to think of an object that makes you feel yeah. like you've got your shit together. What is it? So I wear this object every day of okay. my life. So it's this ring. Uh-huh. It's got the ohm symbol on it. Oh my God, that's gorgeous. And so it's a go. gold ring. It's almost like a signet ring, isn't it? Yeah, it's. Um, oh, it's I think it probably was on my dad's finger. Mm. So it's my dad's ring and it was given to him when him and my mum got married by my mum's mum as like a wedding gift. And my dad lost his... He's like wedding band down the sink. Classic, um, yeah. classic dad move. That. And so then he just he just took off everything and doesn't wear any jewelry or anything. Yeah. So it's hidden away. And I was like, oh, I would like some nice jewelry. Aww. And so um, I was like, oh, this fits. Like, please, can I have it? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, don't lose it. And I was like, dad, my fingers are too chubby for it to fall off. <laughs> but genuinely, they are like, I swim in this, in the ocean, everything. It won't fall off because, as you can see, there's like a nice little pocket of fat Aww. there that holds it in place. <laughs> <laughs> and ever since I've worn this, I feel like I've been protected. Dude. Yeah, and I feel like I look at it and I'm like, okay, I've got like a piece of like my family with mm, me all the time. Mm, that's gorgeous. Um, I've also got this like this necklace, which has also got the ohm symbol on it, and oh, it's yeah. like Ganesh, the elephant god head. Cute. And when I was auditioning for drama schools, um, my mum gave it to me as a good look thing, mm-hmm. and. In, I didn't have it my first year and then the second year I got in everywhere and I was like no oh way. this so I'm like I'm never gonna take this off I really try not take this off <laughs> yeah, yeah. ever that's beautiful um or just like hold it close to yeah. me so it's nice and it's 
I feel like those things I, w- I would want to pass on to like my children. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll have to pick out for one of the six that I want. Yeah, no, <laughs> six children, gosh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. I've, every time I feel it, and when I don't have mm-hmm. it, I kind of feel like naked without it. Like, oh, yeah. there's not like a, it's like, it's an, an anchoring. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that you're talking about jewelry because I, I'm quite similar. Like the jewelry that I wear is like my bracelets my gran gave me. Oh, um, yeah, I, that's beautiful. Yeah, and then the rings are all connected to my family. So I've got like a cladder ring because my dad's Irish. Yeah. Um, and then I've got this kind of Celtic ring. What can I see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I can get them off because my fingers are quite warm. Um, so that's that's like Welsh oh, gold. Oh, that's beautiful. And they've been discontinued now. And then that's the cladder ring. And basically... With cladder rings, historically, you'd wear it on your ring finger. And if the heart points in, it means that you're taken. But if the heart points out, so like say you were at a dance or something and a man came over and they looked and you you could be like, whether you're available or not, (laughs) which is kind of like, you know, Tinder, but for rings in the olden days. That is is so good. Yeah, it's cute, isn't it? But similarly, like... Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, I love that it's like two two hands that hold it. With a crown on it. But yeah, I, I remember someone saying to me about rings and about um, bracelets that that kind of jewellery you're picking for yourself because mm. it's you get to see it all the time. Like I always sit on the tube and I just like look at my things yeah. and it makes me think of home and I feel connected to it. And it's but individual like, and sentimental to you. So it means, so the value is like yeah. priceless. But like earrings and necklaces are for other people because you can't yeah. see them. So you're kind of like trying to look nice for someone else. But like the rings and the bracelets are for yourself i've never heard that but yeah. i really like that i like it i'm gonna take that with me take in the future it. so yeah. i will steal that but it is isn't it it's just having something connected to you and sentimental i really like it yeah oh that's so heartwarming yeah. can you please tell us about a time in your life where you felt like you really had your shit together Probably during the film, actually, because every, every, you know, it was nice getting picked up, (laughs) getting picked up. Someone would feed you. So nice. Yeah. You just go, you go from here to there. But also I feel like I had my shit together because Mm -hmm. I had this four weeks of prep prior to filming and which was such a godsend. And I had all these discussions and it felt like my whole life was clicking into place. Like my music was, I was like, my music was like ready and prepared to go, um, I knew what I kind of where I wanted to take that. Yeah. And then all this stuff about the film and the process I was really excited for. Mm. But because it was such a big t- like onboarding for me yeah. and something to take on, I wanted to make sure I went in there prepared. Like I didn't want to yeah, be in yeah. like a novice. I'm not a stranger behind the camera, yeah. nor will I ever be. But it's one of those things where it was like, I'm working with people that I've wanted to work with my whole yeah. life at the level that I've always yeah. dreamed of working at. And in that sense, I needed to be prepared yeah. to the point where I knew my whole script, mm-hmm. even though I knew it was going to change yeah, and that yeah, we yeah. would improv. But it's good that I knew that so that I could let it go. Yeah. It's It was interesting to have these conversations about designs and the costumes and what I wore. Because I had like 18 plus outfits. Oh my gosh. Which is a lot. Bear which in mind like that like, well. it is such yeah. a dream. I had so many <laughs> incredible, incredible outfits. Uh-huh. And um as you see on the poster, like, gosh, like some of them were literally being sewed into me like while we no, were doing yeah. it. Yeah. Which was like, I was like, yeah, this is the life that I like want to live. Like, <laughs> start, get ready get and dressed, go. Get fed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so 
and you know it was and it, the hours were long you know we were working like 15 yeah. to sometimes 20 hours and night shoots and day shoots like crossing over it was intense mm. but it was worth it and I never felt like any pressure I was like I'm ready to go every day let's have the best day ever yeah. and seize the moment and just make the best film possible because everyone believed in it everyone loved it and it was just made with so much love That's care and so attention amazing. from the cast and the crew yeah. like gosh I love like everyone that was on that project you know to the people that fed me yeah you know and I'd say hi I'd make a I'd make it such a point every morning to Mm. say hi to everyone give them a hug um you know wish them well on the day you know I knew everyone's name yeah and so do and it was so cool because a lot of the crew you know they're very experienced in working in film so even for them they were like you know this group like everyone gets on so well to the point that we we did things together as well and hung out and you know we did some filming in Manchester and I was like guys I'm gonna organize like a whole two-day fiasco for us to go out and I took them oh my god yeah they went to like a drag show then we went to like BCD like behind closed doors and then the next day we went to Albert Schloss and I was like yeah these are like all these cool places that we can go and yeah it was lovely and then we took them to like we filmed on Werner Flow okay and it was so stunning and there was like a rainbow and I just and that was our last day of filming and I was just like this is so crazy because I can see my house 10 minutes away from here how amazing but we were saying before weren't we how like this film is like an alignment of all the different aspects of you yeah as well and like kind of how fulfilling that must be to feel like everything just kind of is making sense and like the serendipity yeah 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 because you know it's so much talking about like manifestation, but it's all about the work that you put into that manifestation yeah. too. It's not, I think... Manifesting people... is nice, but I think it takes away from the fact that you were good to go. Yeah, like... I think manifesting is the first step. Yeah. And I think most people just think, oh, we're just speaking <laughs> to the university, it'll come back. <laughs> I was like, that's not how it works. I think manifesting is step one of yeah. like speaking into existence what you want to do mm-hmm. and then actually it's the steps that you take like after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always mm-hmm. say actions speak louder than words. Yeah. And then, so, I don't know. It's kind of like it was meant to be. Yeah. And it was like, I always say it was destiny. <laughs> destiny. I mean, ben, ben, like, if ben always like laughs at me and Sally and James always laugh at me. But I'm less so Sally because they're always like, you're so cuckoo. And I'm like, but it's... But I'm like, it is destiny yeah. that we're supposed to meet. And I'm like, me and you have so many mutuals. And I was like, we we just are so on common ground about mm. so many things. It was so hard in that. I remember where you met in our chemistry and, we, we, you know, our friendship just sparked like yeah. this. And we were like, gosh, we actually just love being around each yeah. other and just having the best time That's and just good. being like silly and yeah. fun. But then also we had the same way of working that mm-hmm. we were just like, now it's time to work. Like, let's do yeah, it. Yeah. And how do we support each other yeah. the best way possible? That's amazing. Yeah. And yeah, and and I guess when you're, even though it's like an intense period where you felt like you had a lot of responsibility on your shoulders and stuff yeah. like that, it's just fulfilling as well, isn't it? Because you're in the flow of doing the thing that you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And actually you're like, I'm so grateful for that process because all three of them, like Sally, James and Ben, yeah. made me a better person Mm. a better performer a better actor Mm -hmm. and that I could give more and it sounds like they trusted you as well in terms of you bringing your music and stuff like that like giving you that opportunity they didn't have to do that at all no they didn't but I was like if it fits it fits if it doesn't it doesn't and it's in two places so it has a sync placement um in the beginning in like a nightclub scene and then you see me in the car singing yeah and that song is actually the introduction of my EP that's not out yet sorry that's called delicious (laughs) 
<laughs> little plug there we love that okay in opposition to that then a time in your life where you felt like you didn't have your shit together oh gosh i'll have to go back to the car crash uh, no i guess no do you know what actually you must feel this way probably mm. all of us is when you um graduate drama school and you're like now what yeah yeah who am i spat out spat out yeah. you know like like chewing gum on the floor but someone's <laughs> trampled on you about a hundred times yeah, yeah, and yeah, no yeah, one yeah. can ever scrape that off <laughs> that is so true yeah. yeah yeah and so I was kind of like okay then you have to get a job and you have to mm. do this and that and actually it was annoying because I feel like it was more about like a societal and like a pressure of like the people around you being like okay you've just been to this amazing institute and yeah. you've studied now what when are you going to be on Coronation Street? When yeah. are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? You know, because they feel like you just go into a main role straight away when right, actually yeah, not. Yeah. It's like a 10-year process, yeah. just like as if, like, you were a lawyer or a doctor. Like, you don't become, a, like, you know, a doctor-doctor or, like, the partner of a law firm yeah. overnight like not this. You work yeah. and you pay your dues and you build up because, actually, that gives you the life experience that you mm-hmm. need to be able to to be in those positions yeah and I feel like even though it seems like it's like a big shift into being this lead role from doing so many like theatre jobs and small acting roles Mm -hmm. in television I feel like all of those things actually did prepare me for those and I'm glad that my music because I became like the owner of that and the the creative director of all of those things and that business that it gave me the status that I needed to and actually helped me learn those skills that I needed yeah. to be able to go into this role. But to be in the rooms with those people yeah. who were like intimidating to anyone and yeah. to like hold your own against those people. Yeah. That, yeah, that is part of the process of growing up and like exactly what you said, yeah. Which is wild, but it's crazy because like it's, when did I graduate? Oh my God, 2018. So yeah. five years ago, so. So what was your journey like out of it then? So you left drama school. Yeah, Were you left, living in London? Yeah, I was living yeah. in London and I got my, you know, you're auditioning. Oh God, I remember my first audition was absolutely was awful. I can't even remember, but I remember it was with like Michelle Smith. This was actually kind of whilst I was at drama school. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to that audition and they knew straight away I was God awful. <laughs> I didn't know. And I'd auditioned before, but I was yeah. like, oh, I've got to be good awful I was absolutely yeah. terrible like I, I'm so embarrassed about it and I'm like and I look back and I think Jason what were you doing like putting on this like random voice and <laughs> doing this and like moving and I'm like the camera's there just stand still and say yeah. the words like that is literally it but I think you come out of drama school and I don't know about you but I definitely did of three years of having other people's opinions kind of shoved down your throat yeah. like teachers and stuff like that that for me I came out like such a people pleaser yeah so therefore like any audition that I was going in I was just like please just like me because I've had three years of people kind of shitting on me so please like I didn't know who I what was what do you want I'll do it for yeah, you yeah I'll do it I'll do it like I'll do the splits I can't do it but I'll try um that kind of thing whereas actually like kind of what you've said of of leaving and for me anyway I've kind of said that since leaving drama school I've it's been a journey of me refinding who I was before I went yeah you actually become like, who you are. that's when the training yeah. begins I say yeah oh I love that because I think drama school equips you with I think how drama school should be viewed is that it equips you with certain tools that you might or might not want to use. Yes. Rather than it being this be all and end all of yeah. like honing you into a perfect actor by the end of it, because that's never going to happen. No. And actually then you come out and that's when you get to kind of experiment with the things that you learned in drama school yeah. and what see what actually for works for you, but also like refined you. Yeah. 
you know refine yourself yeah. and do you not think that those I feel like those five years of like when you graduate or whatever mm. afterwards it's about all the life experience it's all the mm. non-acting that you do oh that makes you such it's a good like the actor heartbreak <laughs> and like the stresses of like trying to pay rent and everything like that. yeah. that's like the life experience exactly of things that you can pull on yeah because I used to think when I was auditioning for drama schools and they were like we're looking for people with life experience I was like well I I've lived <laughs> yeah. but I get it now because it's yeah. exactly that isn't it it's like they want people who've like experienced shit yeah I say to pe- people say to me what what's the best acting advice that you can give and I say go get lost and go find yourself <gasps> love that yeah yeah okay three things that make you feel like shit not working out so not being active okay um, not doing what I was supposed to do on the day that I said I was going to do it. Okay, what do you mean by that? So, for example, uh-huh. let's just circle back to the taxes that I did yesterday. Yes. I, I had scheduled myself in the diary... You're so organised. This is stressing to do this, <laughs> To do this back in April. Wow. And every single week, I just move it, move it, move it, move it, move it, move it, yeah. move it. And it's been bugging me for ages. And I hate... Oh, ad- admin stuff makes me feel like shit. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's the anxiety, isn't it? Of yeah, it hovering and over paying you. bills. Paying bills. Council tax. Oh my god. Uh, no, when Both I them? when I first had to do council tax, I remember I phoned my dad and I was crying. I was like, "How do you do all this? <laughs> I just want lots of money so I can pay yeah. someone to do it for me." Literally, literally. He was like, "You'll never get." He was literally the same. He was like, "You'll get used to it, but you'll never like it." Yeah, yeah. It's just this thing that just hangs over you constantly. Every time. Yeah. And paying taxes, oof, awful. 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 Just, I, I wish there was a way that they could just deal with it for us, like normal wages. Why can't we be a tax-free country? Yeah. <laughs> I thought about this. I was like, we should be a tax-free country because then we wouldn't have to do a tax form. Yeah. And I think society might collapse, but um, just need to people find would be many... happier without the... Uh... People would be happier, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. It makes you feel like shit in the morning, but... At the time, it makes you feel absolutely incredible. Like a dirty kebab after a <gasps> night out. How dirty. Like really dirty, with all salad, all sauce, and <laughs> oh, chips. yes. I mean, I don't eat meat, but I, I can relate in terms of like getting like a, know, McDon- a falafel. You know, yeah, dirty falafel. falafel. <laughs> or when people go to like McDonald's or something. Yeah, yeah. And it feels so good at the time. Doesn't it? And, and then, then in the morning, you're like, oh God. I hate like, myself. I hate myself. I'm yeah. going to go to the toilet for two hours. Yeah, literally. But yeah, that... that. <laughs> Hey, Ant. Hey. You do a great job in editing this podcast, might I say. If people like the podcast, what do they need to do? Like it. What else? Follow it on social media. And then what? They could share it with every single person they know. Thanks, Ant. You can go back to your corner now. Bye. In opposition to that, then, three things that make you feel like the shit. Oh, three things that make me Uh feel like the shit. When I've had a really good shower. (gasps) You okay. know, when you, you know, when you're like, oh, yeah, I'm showering. And you do a really good scrub and, yeah. you know, you shave exfoliate. and you exfoliate and you wash your hair. That's and luxurious. You, it's nice, isn't yeah. it? And you put on your robe and you feel like you're um, like Samantha from Sex in the City, <laughs> you know? And you think, oh, my body's so clean, someone eats sushi off me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then when I've made a really good song, so like sometimes mm-hmm. I just, you know, I like to sit on my piano in the dark is that like is a, that your process then you sit in the dark on a piano yeah I just like to yeah. sit and shut off the world and all uh-huh. the distractions and I like to light a candle and oh. vibe and then I just sit there and I'm like closing my eyes and I just fiddle my hands like and where they take me and then 
things amazing. just come out of my mouth. Yeah. And it's great. And I'll write like, like, and I'm like, that's the best song I've ever written. And wow. it took me 10 minutes. It's so good when that happens, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And you go to the studio and you make it, I feel like the whole process mm. just makes me come alive as a person. Yeah. And I feel so excited. Like it gives me like this like fire and like, yeah. like this thirst yeah, that yeah, I'm like yeah. hungry for it that I love as well. Cause it just, I feel like it just makes me like a better person. You learn so much about yourself and you're yeah. like, wow, I'm pushing the boundaries of the things that I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And I'm such a geek. Like I have a thirst for knowledge. So I like like watching things and learning about life and documentaries and going mm. here and there and I'm really just like inquisitive as a person so I feel like actually hearing that music and actually like testing those boundaries of things that aren't like fully in front of you because I visualize them is so amazing like the whole like music video for Chocolified I made that song and I saw that in my head that's so amazing but, so do you do you collaborate mm. with other people or are you very much like yeah, I collaborate Do, with other people. Yeah. yeah. In so like I collaborate with two producers, um, uh-huh. a guy called Adriano Desire and then uh Flo, mm-hmm. who I've worked with both in various capacities and we write sometimes we write together. Mm. I mean on my EP I've um wrote one of the songs called Tiramisu. <laughs> All yeah. of all of the names of your songs are so indulgent. I yeah. just wanna like But that's how I want to listen to them in the back. Yeah. Yes, exactly. With wine in my hand. Gosh, someone is going to have to take one of the songs and put it on like a yogurt advert oh or something. God. I would yeah, love dreamy. that. Yeah. Because, you know, I guess like the whole point. Sainsbury's. Pon- yeah, Sainsbury's. Yeah, come on, Sainsbury's. Cheer me, Steve. I guess it's like one of the, you know, when I, for like circling back to when I said like, you know, when I stopped caring about what other people thought about me and I actually mm. just did I was just being myself and stopped apologizing for who yeah. I am which I always say to people I was like don't apologize for who you are yeah you know live your best life yeah um everything kind of came out and I feel like I started making this really positive music where I was like okay I'm gonna kind of reclaim everything for myself mm. there was you know I think the black community have done an excellent excellent job and it's really inspired me to be like okay when I grew up I used to get you know called names for the color of my skin or how I spoke or my sexuality or whatever and even at drama school like you realize oh actually some people are absolute use and social climb was like whatever and yeah you notice that all from the outside when you start cutting people off yeah and people take this like tokenism to another level that mm. you didn't realize that is there so I was like okay I'm gonna reclaim this you know if this example like for example like one last dance the the fashion in the music video is like western and like south asian um like fashion and it brought them together and it's so cool and i feel like mm. it's really nice like high art in the sense that okay i'm going to show you how festival wear and show you how to wear my culture like this wow. is how it's done yeah. this is cool and in the sense that when it came to making Chocolified and all these different songs. So on the EP, there's Somewhere Special, Love You Like I Do, uh, Chocolified, this is the first, Tiramisu <laughs> and Karma Sutra. Uh-huh. So then all the songs are kind of about like owning your like sexual freedom, mm. owning your skin, like no matter what shade you are, what shape or size you are, yeah. and actually just really feeling indulgent and feeling like, yeah, I'm that bitch. Yeah. I've like... And I feel sexy and empowered, just like how like Lizzo or Lizzo yeah, does yeah. it, you know, which yeah. is cool. And I want to make people feel. I feel like okay, this. How am I going to make an impact in the world? Like, I'm I'm not destined to be a politician, you mm. know. I think me as the prime minister would actually end this country. <laughs> well, you'd remove taxes. Remove taxes. Everyone, I think everyone will be really happy. But I'd be like, we've got no money. No NHS left. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> and so. Um, I, I don't know. 
But I'd be like, there's lots of music to make you feel better. Yeah. Which is actually my goal. Everyone so run a bath, indulge. Indulge, uh, yeah. yeah. Eat some tiramisu. Eat some tiramisu. <laughs> those, like, go in those like water baths. What's those like pods that people go in? Those salt water pods oh and they God, lie I don't there. Know. Yeah, they're like in there. Yeah. In the darkness. It's really cool. One for every home. Yeah, one for every home. I think a very holistic place, wouldn't it? <laughs> Candle, candles at 8 p.m. We don't have electricity. I don't know where we are anymore. No, I don't. <laughs> um, so what would you say in terms of your music then? What are your influences? What have been your biggest influences? So when I was in America, yeah. in Philadelphia, I just... So how long were you there for? So I was there for six months. God, yeah. And I mean, even throughout my childhood, I did like summer schools mm. with like YMT. And then I did summer schools in America at loads mm. of different camps and like institutions, which I was really grateful for because I had family that lived out there that yeah. helped me. So I could stay somewhere. Um, so that when I was there, that's when I really kind of found the music that I was into, which was like this, you know, it's like music that's like black originated, yeah. which is like R&B and this soul. And I went to this, like I went to UArts in Philadelphia. It was incredible. And I was a musical theatre major, but then I also studied at the School of like Vocal Performance there. And I, oh. and I met all these people and I was introduced to all these incredible artists. Mm. And so my taste was kind of like really like my palette of music really grew in the sense I discovered people and I was always into people like Queen yeah. and 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 like Prince you yeah. know and Elton John like all those people was like fascinating all the, icons. Me. All the yeah. icons you know and my dad had a pub when I was younger so I knew all that like noughties 90s yeah. music and like he's such a big fan of like Sting and you know all these iconic people that I was always around it but then also I loved like Britney Spears mm-hmm. and I loved and I was around Bollywood music so I really had an eclectic palette yeah so when I found like this R&B music and all these people that were really like actually fusing all these mm. things together actually I could do that yeah on my on my terms and with the knowledge that I know and mm-hmm. kind of build something really cool so it was like artists like her and like Daniel Caesar and yeah, Giveon and Third yeah. Story and Yebba. You know, I remember I watched Yebba for voice. £5 pound in a cafe in Philadelphia. And That's I was. So far sounds video yeah on YouTube in I've never seen anything so, like yeah, it. Never anything like Incredible. it. And I was like, we, you know, and yeah. she, she, she was a nobody. Yeah. And I was like, this person yeah. is phenomenal like you know yeah just out of this world and you're so in touch with their list i think a great artist is someone who listens to themselves and listens to their body and knows what they need and her performance style is so theatrical as well like you know from from watching that so far sound if you haven't already seen it i mean check out yeah but so far sounds performance is insane but it's like she emotes it yeah and it's like and i can imagine being an actor as well really helps you're just like wow yeah which is kind of what's so cool about going to drama school because it made me it made my music so much better because i was like i know how to perform it and also you know how to like tell a story i guess it's very storytelling my music and i feel like it's got this theatrical note to it and tone that if i didn't go to drama school and i didn't have that training that i wouldn't have i think it would and i think that's kind of what makes it special Mm. because it's just like a Jason Patel sound. It's amazing. I don't know how to describe it as anything yeah, else. People yeah. always, but then I'm now seeing like this surgence of like really cool artists, you know, like Destin Conrad and um, Omar Apollo, and I'm like, wow, like they're yeah. they're they're on their own journeys, which is yeah. similar, and it's so fascinating. Yeah. And actually, all these things make me a better performer. This is a really cool thing. So, mm-hmm. on the first day of filming for Unicorns, yeah. 
you know, I was having, like, my first scene, I was, like, getting into it. And then Sally and James were like, okay, we need you to find your in. And I was do- and I was wearing these outfits and I couldn't do, like, I would normally do, like, press-ups or sit-ups or something. Yeah. And that's my in into, like, a, when I go onto stage, like, yeah. to do, like, a show. Yeah. But I was like, okay, I need to find that, but it's not that. And then they were like, you you have such a deep connection with music. Why don't you listen to a song? Yeah. And everything clicked in place and as soon as they held cut i drowned i put my airpods in i drowned the whole of the place out the music was on full blast i i apologize to my eardrums <laughs> and i would get in this zone you know because it wasn't about like learning the lines of the script yeah. or anything i knew that yeah. but like why was i just not finding like the like, emotion. Yeah, the emotion yeah. and just like letting go and just yeah. like being there in the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was just feeling like a lot of pressure or like tension in myself. Yeah. So I was like, actually, just let it go and see what happens naturally in this moment. I'm here. Yeah. Just be. It's so amazing, isn't it, how music can do that for people? Yeah. Like, I remember um, when I was like auditioning for drama schools, like a drama school teacher told me that that was a way that she got her students to get into character. Yeah. Like, choose a play, like, make a playlist for a character. Yeah, I have because, a playlist, yeah. Yeah, because it, it's it's something that takes you out of the cerebral stuff. It, like, yeah. music just is emotional and it makes you feel a certain way or, like, a rhythm of a character or something yeah. like that. Like, because we always soundtrack our own lives. Literally, yeah. So why do we not soundtrack our characters, yeah. even though they're soundtracked in films? So, like, actually just bring that process to yourself, yeah. which is so cool, because now when I go into auditions and things... It's such a good in, isn't it? It's yeah. such a good in. Yeah. I'm like, everyone's, like, chatting, and I'm like... <laughs> just it, it, for those of the people that can't see me, I've just got my eyes shut, and I just, like, crossed my eyes, <laughs> and I just went, like, into hermit mode, like, hibernation. She's <laughs> like, I'm doing it. And then you open Listen your to, eyes. like, heavy metal, like, doo doo Yeah. And you're like, bam, you open your eyes. And when I open my eyes... That's it. Different person. Game over. <laughs> <laughs> it's game over for you bitches. <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay, one more thing that makes you feel like this shit. Oh, God, one more thing that makes... What have I said already? Oh, the yeah. shower? The shower. Um, yeah. The music. Yeah. Oh, the shower. I feel like the shower... Let's just go back to... The, okay. the shower is because um, my horoscope is... Uh, my, sorry, my horoscope. My star sign yeah. is a cancer. I have I, a cancer. Oh, are you? Yes. I feel at one with water. water. Baby. Me too. Oh, my God. When oh my anything God. is happening... You know, I used to run a water. Yeah, yeah, I used to run a bath, and I used to like pinch my nose and duck down, and I used to count. And I remember my mum came in one time, and she was like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" I was like, "Just reconnecting." Yeah. I was like, "Reconnecting to Earth." She was like, "I thought you were trying to like kill yourself," and I was like, "No, I'm trying to just drown out the world <laughs> and just be by myself." I was like, "Leave me alone. Just you don't understand." Contacting my inner crab. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the same. Water does something for me. It, it does, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It, and I th- I've always said that it's the cancer. It's the cancer yeah. sign. And people people shit on cancers. People. And I'm like, how dare Sorry, emotional and creative. What's wrong with that? And always live for heart other people. Heart on my sleeve. Yeah. Helpful, kind. But heart on the sleeve sometimes, you know, oh God, yeah, men God. do. You know, they'll, they'll cut your sleeve oh, off they, and sell they it. They will, they will. Also, like, if you get a bit upset, you go into your shell. Yeah. yeah. I'm like... I get really normally I'm like so I'm, I'm like so I won't say it. to anyone yeah like I noticed these things about myself my friend's training to be a life coach and I said to her <laughs> her name's Barbara and uh, I was actually with her before I came here and um she's um I asked her this question I was like okay Barbara I attract the best people into my mm-hmm. life like I literally have the best friends the best creators like collaborative people the people that I like all of it the whole community that yeah. I have but this one person that I'm attracting into my life, why is that? Why is that my curse? Yeah. 
you know, why is that person actually that I think is amazing then turns out to be like actually not? Yeah. Yeah. Are you talking about in like a relationship? A rage and, yeah, oh, yeah, a relationship. Yeah, yeah. Why yeah, am yeah. I flawed? Because well, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm all or nothing. Do you never, feel, do you always feel that? I'm like, okay, that's it. If it's it, if this is it, this is the one. If it's not, I know it's not the one. Are you either it or you're not? Oh, see, I, I, I will drag it out. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I think I, I give people the benefit of the doubt too much. Do you? Yeah, yeah. To a point where it, it's gone on for a while and I find it hard to Are you not like, um, leave. like, because then I just feel, what am I doing? Like spending time with this person that I actually don't want to be around. Yeah, I need to get better at that. I am working on it. <laughs> I know that's a good quality. You're going to get there. Thank you, babe. But then also they'll do that to you and you're like, why do you not want to be with me? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write a song about it. Yeah. Listen, it's material. It's material, yeah. Okay, so that was back to the shower. We still need one more thing. One more. But, um... Okay, one thing that makes me feel like shit. Oh, I know. <laughs> one thing that makes me feel like the shit mm-hmm. is when I see my friends do really well. I love that. Yeah, honestly, yeah. it makes me so fulfilled mm-hmm. and I love celebrating yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And I've, you know, we had we had this chat about you know you're not you're not in this alone. You're in it together, and I'm like, mm. I can't wait to. They've uplifted and supported me so much. I love seeing them do well. It makes That's me so feel beautiful. on top of the yeah. world. I just think, wow, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, and That's I love gorgeous. celebrating them because that's not. That's not everyone's experience with that. I think a lot no. of the time in this industry and the way that we're kind of pitted against each other and stuff like that, you can, it's very human as well to feel that little jealous monster of like, oh, I kind of wish that was me. But, yeah, but it's so, but I find that, I find that so silly. Like, mm. why, why are you pitting me against someone who is never going to be in the same room yeah. as me? Yeah. Never going to do the same roles. We don't even look or sound the yeah. same. Yeah. And I always say everyone has a place. Yeah. There's room for everyone. There's room for everyone. At the table. At the table. Yeah. And if they're not letting you at that table, make your own. Amazing. You have to. Yeah, of course. Just yeah. like you did with this podcast. Yeah. And we're sat here at <laughs> your table. table. <laughs> thank you, And I'm you, very honoured to be a part of it. Oh, thank you so yeah. much for coming. Um, okay. Something that makes you lose your shit in a positive and a negative way. I hate... Go on. When someone says... Oh, for example, like, we've planned to do something. I'm like, yes, we'll do it. It comes to the day and they've, they're like, oh, I can't. Flakes. Flakes. Yeah. Because I'm like, you get one chance. Uh-huh. We're all too busy in this world. It doesn't matter <laughs> if you're doing absolutely nothing. We're all too yeah, busy yeah, in this yeah. world to not be there, you know, when we said, like, we're going to do this. Yeah. And so, for example, I'm like, if you tell me a few days before... Fair Fine. enough. But yeah. don't tell me on the day on because the day. actually I'm giving you my time. Literally. And no one, no matter if you, you know, no one has the freedom of time. Yeah. Especially so in London. God. Well, I was literally just about to say, because I think particularly in London, I don't know about you, but I'll like message a friend to, if I want to see them and they'll be like, I am available um, in two weeks on Tuesday or on four weeks on Friday, but yeah. only between the hours of two and seven. So it's like you really have to work to find yeah. that time with someone. And because everyone is so like rammed with like the time that they have. Yeah. So to have taken someone's time like that and to then cancel and then trying to reschedule is a fucking nightmare. It's a nightmare. Yeah. You're just like, oh, give up. Well, I'm, I'm not available for the next two months. Yeah. So. I'll coffee you from I'll I'll FaceTime you from my coffee shop and you FaceTime yeah. me from your coffee shop. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Which is just sad that that's how the world mm. is coming into mm-hmm. this digital era, which I'm not a very big fan of. No. It's also because I'm 
absolutely awful at technology. You seem very good at technology. No, no. Babes, you've got the TikToks. You've got the reels. I've seen them. No, Don't I lie. didn't make them. <gasps> I yeah. My friend helps me. Well, and, my friend and does them me. all for this podcast. Do you? Have... I do not know my way around a computer <laughs> at all. It stresses so, me out. Someone taught me this really good app called CapCut. CapCut. And it has these templates. And all you have to do is take the video and you put it and go, bloop, 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 bloop. And then it'll make it for you. And then if you want it to change like where it is, you just click and then you just drag to the bit that you want. It's so good. And That's then it has so a sound good. for there and it'll put these like cool... Like, whoosh whoosh yeah <laughs> zoom in zoom out fade and i'm like oh great like ooh. Wow. it makes you it makes this it this conversation seem... is making me believe that you're not very good at technology because <laughs> the way that you're talking about it <laughs> zoom, and then it's, zoom. yeah you, you can tell i'm not meant to be sat at a computer oh wow going beep to bop oh my gosh yeah so yeah, there my, you go that's yeah. my that's my secret Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to edit pictures. God, no, I wouldn't know how to. So do that. now I'm just like, oh, we'll have to take. We'll have to be a nice picture, and even if it's not, who cares? Like, we'll just post it. Yeah. So that makes you lose your shit in a negative way. Yeah. So what is what makes you lose your shit in a positive way? Oh my god, when you get the job. When you get the job. When yeah. you get the job. Do you, you remember, screwed? like, you were going to tell us about oh. the process for getting this job <laughs> oh and how my crazy god. it was? Yeah. So for yeah. those of you that don't know, this is what happened. So it was the it was the final leg of this journey of of getting the role of Aisha and Ashik, uh-huh. and I was playing Mowgli in the Jungle Book, and we was trying to set a date to do a chemistry test. Uh-huh. So the only day everyone was available was this Saturday. Was the Saturday the fifth of August or sixth of August? Yeah, the sixth of August last year, and there was loads of train strikes happening. So I checked that whole week, every single day, like if the train is running to London, mm-hmm. because I said I can do from nine till two, and I have to get a train at two thirty to go back to Lancaster, so that I can be Mowgli in the evening. I can turn up to the stage with a suitcase, put my costume on, a mic on, and go play Mowgli in the oh jungle until ten p.m. at night time. Holy shit! So that night before we'd finished the show, I got home, mm-hmm. I showered, packed my case, yeah. everything. It was at 11.30 and I was like, I'll check my phone and my emails before I go to sleep. I checked. Train line. Your train tomorrow to London Euston from 6am is cancelled. Oh my God. I was like, jit, I was going to have a panic attack. I called my father and I said, Dad, this has happened. What am I going to do? And I was like, he was like, shall I just come get you? And I was like, yeah, come get me. Mm. So my dad and my mum... This is how I know this is the this this will be any Christmas present, anything. This oh is what shows that your parents love you yeah. and that I knew that my Acts parents loved me. Acts of service. Yeah. And um he came, picked me up, it was mm-hmm. one AM. I came no. back to Manchester, it was like two, two thirty. I slept for one hour in the mummy position like this, because there was no <laughs> way I was gonna oversleep. Whoa. Woke up like this with my eyes like boom. Powered on. Powered on, yeah. took a shower. Went to Manchester Piccadilly train station with uh-huh. wet hair oh at five at four forty four fifty four and got on a train. I have a timestamp of a picture to prove it. Wow. Let's do my makeup in the car there. So I'd slept for one hour in this whole time. Yeah. So I hadn't slept from the day before in the morning. Yeah. And then um, I was t- I was messaging the casting director and the directors, Sally James, Laura Windows is a casting director. I was like, this has happened. I'm going to get to London for this yeah. at some point. Somehow we will do the screen test. There's yeah. no way I'm going to miss it. I yeah. will walk there or I'll use my life savings and get an Uber there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and they're like, okay, okay. And so I got to Birmingham. Uh-huh. I just got on a train to Birmingham because there was nothing to London. Waited there for an hour. 
Yeah. And then I got on a train from Birmingham. There was a train that pulled up and it said it was going to London Euston. I arrived at 8.30 and Laura, the casting director, met me at the station. Wow. She took me for a prep. I was doing my hair and everything on the train. Oh, it looked rubbish. You. And luckily the, there was a hair and makeup artist there at the time. So they went and bought a hair dryer and a straightener so that I could do my hair for no the screen way. test. Yeah. Um, from Sally's. It was at the Umbrella Rooms in London. Stunning. So it was. Yeah. I actually went back into that room the other day and I was like, wow. Oh. Back here. And um, anyway, we digress. So I get there. It's nine o'clock. I get in this outfit. We meet Ben, meet Sally, meet James. We go straight into the scenes. Wow. We go for it. Like four hours straight. Yeah. And then um, we, I had to do a performance because my character is a drag performer. Yeah. And they were like, oh, everyone will leave. And I said, no. No, 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 bring them in. Like, they've all taken their time out of the day to come see this and they're going to cast the film. I want them to watch. I was like, the more the merrier. Yeah, oh my you know? gosh, yeah. And so they, we literally, I literally performed for them and did this like, That's so amazing. Yeah, it was just cool. And then yeah. it was mad and they filmed it twice over and it was cool. And then after that, I, so we did scene one, did the drag performance and then we did the second scene. Um, which was like as Arshik, the boy. Yeah. And I remember James like crying and he was like, that was beautiful. And I was like, is there something in your eye? Like was your contact lens? <laughs> I was just genuinely so naive so being like, I was like, is, is, I was like, is something wrong? Like, why are you crying? Oh. It was a very emotional scene. Because so he'd, he'd written it, right? So yeah. it must be amazing seeing something that he's written come to life. And for me to do it so exceptionally yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> Not me being humble. But I was, I literally gave it everything yeah. I got and I remember it got to around like 10 past 2 and I said guys I've got to get this only one train yeah. back to Lancaster and if I don't I'll have to get on this train to Manchester and then my brother was like ready on standby to yeah. drive me to Lancaster to do this show wow. you know um, so this this is what happened so then I we finished and we mm -hmm. had a great time I left and I got on this train back and I remember calling my dad and I was like even if I don't get this job I gave it everything yeah, that yeah. I got and I'm so proud of it yeah um, and they're like, we'll let you know in a week. They had another screen test with someone else uh -huh. in the afternoon because I think initially they wanted the full day, but I was like, I can only yeah, do half a day because yeah, yeah. I have to do a show. Yeah. And then. Um, Gotta play hard to get, you know? Yeah, I was like, I have this schedule, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Doesn't get any easier. Yeah. <laughs> and so then, anyway, then, then the next. So I, I got back to Lancaster, yeah. did this show. So I hadn't, I slept for one hour in two days wow. and I would gave every, any, yeah, everything yeah, yeah. I got. And um, and then like it was probably like so I did this show and then it got to like eleven o'clock at night slept. Uh -huh. Then it was like Sunday, we still had a show to do. And then after that show, they James DM'd me on Twitter and he was like, "Hey, are you free for a Zoom call really quickly?" And I was like, "Hey, yeah." Like I just thought I was like something might be up. So um, they're like, "Okay, we'll send you a Zoom link in in twenty minutes." Uh -huh. Me and Sally, and then like, oh, something's come up like. Um, let me know we'll we'll call you we'll send you the link and yeah. i was like oh my god they're talking to the producers like they don't want me they don't want yeah. me like they they might want this other person and i was just like oh my god what am i gonna go say what am i gonna say and i was like please just i was happy the speech prepared being like please i love this film and this project so much like please let me be involved yeah. one way or another yeah. like even if i'm not this role, like i'll do this and i'll do yeah, that like yeah. i'm gonna be amazing yeah i'll do it like and then anyway they zoom called me i was waiting for an hour that long story oh short. So I was there just like on my bed, like looking at the ceiling, being like, ah, like what's Tired. happening? Long yeah. day. Long yeah. day. So then they called me yeah. and then they're like, you've got the role. 
And oh I was like, God, search. So they they recorded the Zoom call. And then afterwards, oh I God. just like hysterically was crying. Yeah, of course. And it was like midnight. So then I was like calling <gasps> all my friends and none of them would answer oh the phone. God. And then I called my dad and then I called my dad. He didn't answer. Oh, and then he called me back and I was still crying on the phone. And he was like, what's the matter? Oh have you been God. robbed? Have you been stabbed? Like, oh do I need to call God. the police like, or the ambulance? Yeah, do I need to bring some potatoes? And I was like, I was like, I got the rope. That's and he so was, amazing. Yeah, and then do you know what he replied? He said, oh, okay, good. Tell me in the morning oh. I'm going back to sleep and put the phone down yeah. on me. Oh my God. <laughs> so dad. That is such an incredible story. Yeah, so funny. Well done. It was so like, deserved. it was mission impossible. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I don't get it for doing this. Yes, and you made it possible. Yeah. That's incredible. I yeah, so that. I really am thankful for my mum and dad for that yeah. like whole thing. Because I was That's like, beautiful. gosh, if I didn't do that. Listen, it takes a village. It is a yeah. village, yeah. yeah. And I was the only gay in the village. So <laughs> I thought I really had to, <laughs> I really had to do some persuading, didn't I? A moment that you found some shit out about yourself. Well, I can't say when I was gay because I already knew that. Mm. Do you know what? This will go back to um, when I was attacked. Uh-huh. God, it feels like I'm doing like a memoir about my life. Lonely <laughs> <laughs> last five years. Listeners. Only murders in the building. <laughs> I love that program. Anyway, we go back to when, when I was attacked. I remember and... Um, like, I called the police and they were very, sadly, they weren't very helpful. Mm. They were like, there's not really much we can do. I was like, what about the street cameras? Anyway, yeah. I went home and, like, I didn't leave my house, like, my house in London for, like, a day because it actually happened, like, five minutes from where I lived. So I was a bit and scared that if this person well, was yeah. going to be around or looking for me. Yeah. Anyway, I saw my friend Rebecca on the other side of King's Cross and we went for, like, a coffee and stuff. And I was like... I actually, I remember the day it happened and I just put something up about it on Facebook. I was like, listen, I've been attacked, whatever, in daylight and actually no one helped me. But I know that if it was other people, you know, of the queer community that that went through that situ- that like traumatic experience, I don't think they would like recover from it or they would have a lot of like yeah. to take. But do you know what? I don't live my life in fear. And that was something that I really found out about myself at that moment in time. That's amazing. Was that like, I'm not going to live my life in fear for anyone. People do this on a daily basis. And I've worked too hard to actually live, be the person that I am yeah. and, you know, just be my true self, like on a day-to-day basis, that I don't apologise for who I am. And why should I do it for this person to let that person stop me from going yeah. here, there or wherever? So I was telling my friend Rebecca and I was like, actually, will you just come with me to this place just so I can be there in my bearings? And that was just like an act of true friendship when yeah. I hadn't seen her for a really long time. And she's like, yeah, let's go. She was like, no one is going to fuck with you. And I remember I got there and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> it's, I stood there like in a in a power pose and I went, I'm taking back the streets yes <laughs> and I was like I own this space and I yeah. literally said that out loud <laughs> and I remember people just looking at me being like whatever and I was like I'm doing this for me not for them Hell like yeah. look at me and take a picture if you want it or last time <laughs> but it worked wow. it was so cool and yeah, I was yeah. like do you know what actually that's so amazing you can't, you you just can't. It's so sad that this happens to people and I don't want it to happen to people too. I think that's one of the reasons that I wrote about it online and I, I ended up re- removing that from my social media just because I feel like the time had passed and actually yeah. 
th- this wasn't something that I wanted to like actually make it like affect my life in a negative way but i wanted people to know that actually this is still happening and this is just out of the the breakthrough of covid but actually you know when we're coming out of covid you know so much had happened and i couldn't believe that people were still behaving in this way like gosh like you know this like i couldn't believe that you know, it's even even to like you know people like us, like we just genuinely sound human beings yeah. that have common sense and a moral compass. That yeah. people think that it this behavior is acceptable it's when it's not. Isn't it? Yeah, it still exists. And so I just can't believe that no one didn't help me. So I just thought, actually, crazy. I am alone. Yeah, yeah. That like actually no one is going to help you. So I really make it a point since that moment in time that if I see something that's happening. Yeah. I will I will make it my business to go and yeah, just yeah. make sure that someone is okay, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's that bystander effect, isn't it? I yeah, guess. I think it's yeah. worse that people are complicit in that yeah, behaviour. Yeah, people think that someone else is going to step in and stuff like that. And it's, they're not. Yeah, it's scary. Sometimes it has to be you. It if has you, to be you. Who? If not you, who? And yeah. if not when? No, if, if not, not... now. If not now, when? when? Yes. <laughs> God. No, that's, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, shittest piece of advice you received? Um, it's actually the shittest but also like the best love that it's just do it just do it Nike 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 just do it just do- see Sainsbury's are you listening this is Sainsbury's <laughs> <laughs> just do it yes yeah tell me more so at drama school uh-huh a tutor of mine was a writer. She's quite a successful writer now and um, I said to her I was like oh Rebecca um she, she actually we had this really good conversation about what was I going to do in third year. She was mm. like, "There's, there's, there's barely anything like write, writing wise for you, like for your, who you yeah. are and your character and, you, you know, author, you know, playwrights that are South Asian or screenwriters, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Yeah. So I was like, "Yeah," I was like, "I'm gonna." She was like, "You need to make it," That's and I was, amazing. which was in, insane. And I was like, yeah. "Can you give me some writing advice? Like, how do you write?" And she was like. I was like, I know how to write a song, but I don't know how to write a script. Like, what? And she was like, just write it. She was like, just do it. Yeah. And then it's and then she said, this is where the best piece of advice came in. I thought she said, just do it. I just thought, that's a fucking cop out. Like, <laughs> give me some advice. Yeah, like, yeah. watch a YouTube video. Um, and then she said, it, writing is all in the editing. That's such good advice. And so she said, get it all out there, yeah. however you want it. You know, vomit it on a page if yeah. you have to, and then edit it. Wow. And then from that, you'll learn. And then actually from that process, I, because I, I, I wanted to write like, well, I am, I am like in the process of writing um, like a feature film that's like inspired by my grandma. And oh, wow. I remember in COVID, I wasn't very like inspired or anything. So I was like, mm. what am I going to write about? And I actually wrote like a series about my family and it's called Dad, Where's My Close-Up? <laughs> <laughs> Which all stemmed from the fact that I did a self, t- I had to do a self-check with my parents. Yeah. And it didn't, it, did, it never, it, it never, never was, goes sub- well. it would never, was never submitted. <laughs> from that process and actually the editing, I learned how to like write a treatment Amazing. and then like just like build upon that. I was like yeah. actually structure and things like that because I actually just played and I didn't take it serious. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time like writing is for you as well. So to, yeah. to do what she said, which is to just get it out, 
and to purge yourself of it basically yeah. and then you go back kind of with a lens of like how it's going to be consumed and yeah stuff like that, and you can start to edit that's such good advice because it brings out like a different side of you are yeah. like you i guess like do you ever feel this way i guess in this podcast and you're also a, an actor mm. is that people are like oh what do you choose like do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Like, which one would you choose? And I say, why do I have to choose? Everyone does everything in the world. I was like, if you're in London and you don't have about four different jobs (laughs) that you do, then like, what do you do? That is so true. You know? It doesn't matter what field you're in. I just say, I feel like music is the right medium for certain things that I want to talk Uh about in my life and acting and um, is sometimes the right medium for when I want to be part of someone else's story and be a part of their voice, you know, which is really cool. And so writing, in a sense, became like another outlet. You know, I can't paint. I can't Mm. draw. That's not my... That's not... That will never be my suit. I can't draw a straight line (laughs) (laughs) or or, or a circle. But, you know, in terms of, like, writing and doing these crazy things, actually, these really work. And I feel like writing just became, like, another thing that actually just became something that I really enjoyed. Well, I think it's kind of... You mentioned it before. I'm not sure... which point but you were saying that like it's it's that taking ownership of the creativity yeah when you're an actor you're so often unless you're writing your own stuff which you know because you don't own it it's someone else's thing you you have to get cast in it you have to go through a rigorous process and you have to get trains that are delayed and all of that kind of stuff Mm. um but you with a pen and paper can sit down and write something and make something out of nothing and that's like a really empowering and it's the same with your music i imagine like it's very empowering to start the day with nothing and have ended the day with something. Yeah, because I think that also makes you just like a better all-rounded individual in the sense that actually when people say, did you ever have that question in an an audition? And they're like, so what have you been up to? (gasps) Yep. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) And and I was, I remember in the beginning, I was like, "Um, yeah, I just tied like a YouTube channel. And they're like, you want to be a YouTuber? And I was like, no, I'm just like just doing face masks dabbling. and stuff. Like I'm just trying to learn how to use the camera, <laughs> and it didn't go well. My YouTube career yeah. sank. Yeah, we never lifted off. I claimed off. to be a tennis player. Did you? I panicked. Yeah. So this was my first year of auditioning. Did you for ever drama play schools. tennis? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you. So uh, my first year of auditioning for drama schools, and I remember going to Royal Scottish Open Day. Yeah. And one of the first, like the, the advice that they gave was like, make sure you do other things because it's good to talk about it. Yeah. In auditions, like we want to know that you're a fully rounded individual. But at the time, because I was in college whilst I was auditioning for drama schools, mm. so you know, other than doing my A levels and going to Oldham Theatre Workshop, like yeah. I didn't have any spare time to be doing anything else. However, I did play tennis on the Wii <laughs> I did play Wii tennis and I'm not talking the Wii sports which was like the little Wii people it was you know it was more highbrow than that did you have the tennis the Wii tennis racket yes I did Stop. and I became because I was really into Wimbledon and I didn't have many friends and um, <laughs> uh, it was a proper tennis game where you basically did all of the open so you played Wimbledon and I became number one in the world on it okay I was good. No yeah, yeah. way. That is it, such an achievement. You get like a like a, well, it a was, plaque or anything for uh, it. No, it wasn't against the real people. It was just against the. It's just against the computer, um, and it was on. So easy. number one was, in your world. And it was on easy. <laughs> <laughs> However, this story went downhill. So far. I was but, like, that's so impressive in the world. Like, yeah. Whoa. But I remember being in a a um, drama school audition my first year, um, and they said to me. You know, so I did my monologues and stuff, and they're like, "Great, sit down, let's have a conversation." And they're like, "So, what do you do other than your A levels and acting, and like Autumn Third Workshop?" And I just panicked and remembered what 
that advice had been. And I was just like, think of something to say. So I just said tennis. And they were like, oh, really? And I was like, and then I just had to double down on it because to then say no would make me seem crazy. Yeah, you have to so just I was like, go with it. Yeah, yeah, tennis. And they were like, oh, really? Indoor or outdoor? And I was like, indoor? Because it wasn't technically a lie. Um, it wasn't a lie. And then they were like, so like, how often do you play? Like, And I was just, I just ended up weaving this entire thing. And I think from the panic in my eyes, they could tell that I did not play tennis. And that- They like, must have thought that you'd done one, one tennis lesson once, five years ago. <laughs> Even that would have made me more of a tennis player than me stood in my living room with the Wii. But I feel like that would have been such a... You, you should have been like, tennis. And then you would have been like, on the Wii. And I feel like they would have been like, she's in. Get her in this school. <laughs> no shame, but no. this is the thing. I was, I was too much of a people pleaser. Maybe if I'd have stood by myself and been like, yes, I am number one in the world. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome to meet me, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how we got to that. <laughs> I guess it's yeah. like it's like one of those things where um making yourself seem like a rounder individual. Yeah, actually you should just do the things yeah. that like actually I just got interested in like reading like recently. Yeah. I got given this book, uh, The Dancer from the Dance, and it was about the story of these two guys from the AIDS crisis and this guy's mm-hmm. writing a book like within this book. I knew I found I just saw, found myself so glued to it because I was like, oh, I've got nothing to do. Yeah. At the minute, and I'm not inspired. Like, I'll just read this book on yeah. the tube. That's like, and so now I'm like really interested in like, my friend just gave me this book called Letting Go, and I've told everyone that like, I'm going to read this book when I go away, and they're mm. like, they're like, this book was so amazing, wow. and it's let me learn so much about like behaviors in myself, and mm. okay, that I was like, okay, let's just explore this like new chapter of myself because. I'm not really a reader. Like, I never read Harry Potter. Oh. Never read, twi- you know, I never read any of the. Yeah. I wasn't interested in reading those things. I read plays. And then I yeah. read, like, I read, like, Prince's, like, autobiography. And, yeah. like, some of the bits and bobs that I was interested in. But mm-hmm. I was never, like, a fictional person. Yeah. So when I actually read this book, I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. So you have to find, like, the thing that's oh, gives you the end. Because my friend reads a book in, like, two days. I'm oh, like, how have you read 500 pages? Like, I go through phases of, like, being really into books and then dropping off them. But I'm very into, like, non-fiction ones at the moment. Ah. So, like, it sounds... Is that letting go one, like, a non-fiction? Yeah. Like, psycho- I like psychology ones and, like, yeah. trying to understand humans. But I think maybe that's being an actor. And, like, yeah. this podcast as well is because I just, like, love, like, delving into people's brains. But and, it's like, so interesting because, actually, is. you learn so much about... Yourself. Yourself through other journey. people, yeah. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Because um, people essentially have wrote those books because they've been on that journey. For sure. Okay, shit you wish you'd known sooner. That it takes time. Yeah. And um, that three good things happened to me and then three bad things happened to me. Do you think? I le- yeah, I learned yeah. that in the last two years, yeah. Wow. That happened consecutively. Gosh. And I know, and then I'm like inevitably waiting for it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'll just count this as the bad thing that happened to me. <laughs> it's going to come around again. Yeah. Oh, no. But it's fine. I feel like actually then it humbles me as a person. Mm. Um, shit that I wish I knew sooner. Don't let anyone tell you no. Yeah. Because I've had so many no's. I mean, everyone's had so yeah. many no's in their life. And so actually the power of it and you reclaiming that and being like, no, I don't want to do this. Mm. And actually when someone tells you no, that means that means a yes from over there. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And or go, it's just like a not now. It's like not it's your not now, time yeah. here, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't go off and do it yourself. And it's not about you. It's about the other people. Yeah. Like literally yeah. when when people say those things, I'm like, it's not personal. 
Literally, and, and uh, to bring it to acting, just because that's something that we can both mm. speak to, you know, I've been on both sides where I've auditioned and been told a bun- told no a bunch of times, but also I have been on the side where you're kind of trying to find someone to cast opposite yeah. you. And from having been on that side, and when you get to meet all the actors going for this one role, I think you really see that everyone is good enough. Yeah. Like, it's just that one person will have that certain thing that you're looking for in that moment. But yeah. it's not... And I think that was really validating to know that it's not because you're shit. It's like, everyone was good enough to do the job. But it's just it that person's star quality moment, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Where they're like, you're shining this. Yeah. And this is this is where you found your light. Yeah. And everyone else will find their light yeah. sooner or later. Yeah. yeah. It's just how much you're willing to stick at it. Which is such a shame, I guess, because, like people in other fields don't don't necessarily have that struggle mm. where it's like you have to do other things and you're like waiting yeah and so actually it was just this idea of like i'm sick of waiting i'm not gonna wait anymore i'm just gonna do it mm. god you're really making all of your things marry you've got things take time this is you're taking time just do yeah. it just do it yeah oh my god <laughs> and don't take no for an answer i'm literally such a quotable person oh my god. <laughs> You should write a non-fiction book. Should I just write uh, a book of quotes? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, we're now at that moment of the shit shot. Oh, god! So this is the photo that to the outside eye looked like you had your shit together, but at the time it was very different. Okay, so yeah. I'll show Again you. Up. Yeah, so um, this is a, it's a great photo of me. Okay. But, um, yeah, I'll... Let's Oh my god, I remember seeing this one on Instagram. Yeah. It's gorgeous. So this is so before... what are we seeing? What are we seeing for the uh So for the so for the listeners at home, <laughs> I'm wearing white heeled boots, uh-huh. beige leather trousers, Stunning. a beige crop top, yeah. and like this bag from Yuzefi, and I'm like posing in a lift. Uh-huh. And it's gorgeous. Thank you. And that picture actually just came out after taking about a thousand others. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, because I'm not really like I look like a posy person on Instagram, but it's really not why I do it. I just like, oh, this, I feel really good. Like I'll, like I'll yeah. take this picture, et cetera. Yeah. And I'm really against like editing myself and stuff now, which uh-huh. I think is important. Yeah. Um, But in that moment, I remember that like my, was going to a friend's birthday and it was before I went filming and, um, like my heel broke and I just felt like really rubbish about my, you know, when you just have like a down day and yeah, it's such a like nice a day. day. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, Oh, I feel bloated and stuff like that. And I was having this like moment where I was like, do like, why do I f- like, I should, I like, I love like who I am and my body and whatever. And I've really accepted it. Like, why do I feel like I'm like the ugliest person on earth? So funny, isn't it? And like, why like why like I know like this is not how I should be feeling like but I just feel this way and so actually in that when I I post that picture and I remember afterwards I didn't take it down because I wanted it to be a reminder that you know what Jason you need to learn a lesson from this situation that actually it's okay to feel these ways and it's okay to feel like that and actually I've you know and I feel like at that moment in time, I was seeing a lot of people that I hadn't seen for a long time and that I didn't necessarily also wanted to want to see, but that was because it was someone's birthday that I genuinely care about. Yeah. And um, it... I don't know where I'm going with this. I do. We'll get there. Yeah. Oh, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, I need to be like... A spe- I need to look 
incredible yeah. and be like, yeah, I've got my shit together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really hadn't. I was mm. just like at the moment of like kind of getting it together yeah. and like figuring things out for myself. And yeah. that. And I was like, do you know what? I was like, this is life. And that moment happened in life. But I keep that picture on there because I'm like, yes, Jason, you actually look really good in that yeah. picture. And you're proud and because you feel you've like worked with hard. hindsight, when you look at it now, you, you think you do look good. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's funny. It's just because like I was working the lens at, that you're wearing at that time yeah. when you're looking at the photo is so But I was so in this like phase of like, I yeah. need to be like looking incredible for this film and I wasn't drinking or like yeah. going doing social things. So I felt guilty about doing all those things this yeah. evening. And all I'd really do is eat chicken Caesar salad for six, like from the moment I, prior to me getting this film when I was auditioning still, before mm-hmm. the chemistry test, I was eating chicken Caesar salads. Yeah. Because I was like, something in me knew that I was going to do this role. I was destined for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I was eating chicken Caesar salads. I was working out twice a day and yeah. doing this show that I was kind of like just burning out, burning yeah. out. And that I think was the moment when I burnt out. Mm. And I remember I, like I was past the point of tired that I couldn't go to sleep. I've been there. Yeah, it's the worst. Because then you, you're laying in bed and you're like, I need to sleep, I need to sleep. But that anxiety is what keeps you yeah, awake. Yeah, you're well. like it's awake. Awful. I'm like, oh, I'm awake. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, my, luckily I was with my friend Hannah and she's just the best. And she was like, listen, I'm here for you. La, 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 la. And actually what we actually did the next day was get like a Taco Bell and... Love that. And, you know, and yeah. love life. And I was like, actually, I deserve this because I've been working hard. And But also it's that thing of like, you know, both versions of like being really unhealthy or being like overly, um, you know, considerate of what you're eating and stuff like that. They're both kind of the same thing. And yeah, they are, yeah. balance is the best. And what, do you know what, what the lesson I've taken from that yeah. is actually, my friend came to my house the other day and was like, you don't have a full length mirror. And I was like, no, I purposely don't have a full length mirror in my house wow. because it will, it will make me just stand there and stare at myself yeah. for a long time. And I don't want to do that. Like no. I'm, I know I could, I'll just dress like how I feel in the day that's and I'll nice. go up and actually that's fine. If I need to look in the mirror, it's at the gym and I'm working out or whatever yeah, and I'll yeah, do yeah. those things. But it's so healthy because you're not concentrating yeah. on a reflection. Yeah, completely. Completely. Because that's, you're just analysing stuff and actually, who cares? Yeah. I'm actually like, nobody cares about this stuff. Such a weird thing, isn't it? When you think of like cave people, they were not looking at themselves. They were just walking around. Exactly. Up, so that's what, what I'm do. trying to do. Be a cave person, I guess. <laughs> Note to self, be more cave person. Be more cave person. Um, so, Jason Patel. Yes. Have you got your shit together? At times, yeah. <laughs> at times, let's say at times, uh-huh. but it's okay to not. Yeah. I actually, you know what? I do. Caitlin, I'll be so honest with you. I have got it together, mm-hmm. but also I haven't. And I feel like the moments of when you don't have your shit together is when you just learn about how to get your shit together. Cause yeah. you just learn from mistakes. Definitely. And I feel like no one can have their shit. I will never be a 10 on having my shit together no. because I love learning from mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. And they're great to make. And you need those moments of like, I think you said it before, but you need those moments of chaos and stuff like that to know and humble, you're going. Yeah, yeah, and just humble you yeah. as well, being yeah. like, you, you're you not Beyonce and Beyonce doesn't have her shit together either. Absolutely not. You no. know? And that's great because if Beyonce hasn't, then I haven't. And that means we're the same. 
And if you tune in next week, Beyonce is on the episode. So <laughs> I wish. Is she going to come? Okay. <laughs> thank you so much. This yes. has been so lovely. No, thank you. It's been such a pleasure and I'm really honoured. I'm so glad we made it happen. Yay! Yay! Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. This podcast is produced by Ant Hickman. The artwork is produced by Tim Saunders and the photography is by Patch Bell. A massive thank you to Cassia for letting us use their song Slow. See you on the next episode of Have You Got Your Shit Together? Now and then I'm just a little bit low I always try to lose my mind in a conversation with you